You've got this, gonna rock this Ain't nobody gonna stop you from living the life that you choose You're confident, you're fearless Don't question your spirit You're the only one who's gotta walk in your shoes You've got the tools, you're not alone You've always been your baby's home Bring them into the world in your own Bring them into the world in your Hey there, welcome back to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast. This is episode number three. In this episode, Amber Wilson joins us to share her accidentally on purpose home birth story. In this episode, we talk about natural solutions, home birth in an apartment, gestational hypertension, which is high blood pressure during pregnancy, and so much more. I'm your host, Megan R. Cooper, and before we get into Amber's birth story, I'm going to answer a listener question about the fear of needing to transfer during labor and tips to avoid it. But first, a quick announcement. Throughout the rest of this month, December 2023, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to earn over $150 in prize giveaways. To be entered to win, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, and then fill out a super quick survey to let me know that you did. The link is in the show notes. My goal is to get this podcast into the hands of more mothers around the globe so they can become aware of their options when it comes to home birth and feel fully informed, unconditionally supported throughout their home birth journey, and completely prepared for their home birth in body, mind, and spirit. The best way to accomplish that mission is by listeners leaving five-star reviews so that this podcast will be recommended to more mamas just like you. So take a minute to pause, go leave a review, and then hop right back in. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's question. It's from Petra, who writes, I'm starting to get more nervous for labor as we approach the end of our first pregnancy. I've been seeing a lot of home birth moms, either that I personally know or follow on Instagram, get transferred to the hospital. I'm really nervous to get transferred. Are there any practical ways to avoid getting transferred? So thanks for that question, Petra. And before I answer, I'll just give my standard disclaimer that these answers and this podcast in general are for informational and educational purposes only, aren't a substitute for individual mental or medical health advice, and don't constitute a provider-patient or coach-client relationship. Also, this is just my take as one home birth professional, and I hope you'll seek out other perspectives and consult your own intuition as well. It's really normal to have this increased anxiety and for your fears to really come to a head in that last month, especially as you're approaching your birthing time. Everything starts to feel a lot more real. You know that birth is coming soon. And it's normal and natural for you to have a lot of scenarios run through your mind. And then when you're seeing things on Instagram, you're hearing from other moms about an outcome that's exactly the opposite of what you are hoping for, that can be troublesome. So 
the first thing that I want you to do is focus on everything you've done so far to prepare. Okay. So what we want to do is rather than fixate on the, you know, the undesired outcome, we want to focus on, of course, the desired outcome and everything you've done to, to make that happen. Okay. So think about the things you've done to prepare. You've hired a midwife. You've hired a birth team that you feel confident and comfortable with. You feel safe. You and your partner have talked about how this is going to go. You've done your planning. You've probably taken a birth class. You have probably been doing affirmations, maybe meditating, doing some journaling. You've been doing what you need to to prepare prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for this birth, in addition to physically. If you haven't been doing those things yet, there's still time. You can still start working on those things right now. I also want you to talk to your midwife about your concerns and make sure you really understand when and why you transfer and what your midwife is looking for in terms of needing to, you know, initiate a transfer. Now, remember that most transfers occur for non-emergent reasons. Emergency transfers are very rare. So that may in and of itself bring you a little bit of solace, (laughs) But if you are wondering specifically about those emergency type transfers where it really is a true emergency, talk to your midwife about those specific concerns. If you're worried specifically about transferring for pain management issues, then of course you're going to also want to talk to your midwife about that. What can she recommend to help you so that you can manage the pain without needing to go to the hospital? Do you want a birthing pool? Do you need a doula to come in and help? Do you need to take another class? Maybe you need to take a hypnobirthing class. Maybe you want to practice different relaxation techniques and have that be a focus, right? So it all depends, of course, on what specifically you're worried about when it comes to transfer. Talk specifically about those concerns with your midwife, because honestly, the fear of the unknown or the thought of, yeah, the fear of the unknown can just totally throw you off. But if you know exactly what your midwife is looking for, if you know that your midwife is going to come in and help you during your birthing time and help you so that you can do everything possible to avoid transferring, that alone may really help you and may help put your mind at ease. Then of course you want to do the work to protect your mindset. So right away, when I read this question, I can tell that you have a fear-based mindset right now. And again, when we focus on fear and we focus on the things that makes us scared and worried, it's almost like ends up becoming somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And we have to work on manifesting that dream birth that we want. Of course, we cannot control. You cannot control exactly how birth is going to go. What you can control is what you focus on, the time and attention you put to which thoughts and what you focus on as you're preparing for your birth. 
So if you're focusing on visualizing this dream birth, you're journaling about this dream birth, you're writing affirmations or saying affirmations every single day. Maybe you're meditating. Maybe you're working with a coach. Maybe you're working with a doula. All of these things are going to help you feel fully prepared for your birth. I've put together some fear-releasing journal prompts. Whether you're worried about home birth transfer or have any other specific fear when it comes to home birth, definitely get your hands on these fear-releasing journal prompts. The link is in the show notes page. To submit your own question for a chance to have it answered, either here or in my No Fear Home Birth weekly email series, just follow the link in the show notes. Now let's get into Amber's birth story. Welcome to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast, Amber. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I would love for you to share with the audience just a little bit about yourself, your family, what you do. Yeah. So um, obviously my name's Amber. Um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so in Washington State. I have two beautiful daughters um, that I'm sure we'll talk a lot about today. Um, They are five years old and seven years old. Uh, My oldest is named Ellison and my youngest is named Emery. And I have a, a wonderful husband. And actually right now I do a few different things. One of them is being a reflexologist. And then I also share about essential oils as well. Awesome. I love it. And I had the privilege of meeting you a few months ago and you did some reflexology on me and Mm -hmm. I, which I had never had before. Um, and it was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I really liked it. You worked on my feet and it helped my back pain. It's like, what what in the world? (laughs) Really cool. Definitely different. Yes. Well, you are of course here to share with us your home birth story, which you had with your second child. But first, can you tell us a little bit about your first birth, kind of how that went? Yeah. So my first birth uh, was with my seven-year-old daughter and her name is Ellison. And it's kind of the run of the mill, typical birthing experience that most people experience, especially with their first child. I didn't grow up with a natural health background in my family. So we are very much, you know, allopathic methods. You know, we go to the hospital for our births. We take antibiotics for ear infections. Like we are the typical American family when it comes to how we address um, just our health and just you know, body things. So the first thing that I was told when I got pregnant is you find your OB, right? And you go through that process. And I will say, because I had nothing to experience prior to that, I didn't even realize what should be, what could be better. So it ended up just being the typical, you know, you go in for your appointments, they listen to the heartbeat, you're done. And then it came to having some high blood pressure. I had gestational hypertension, which basically meant that my blood pressure wasn't in alarming levels, but it was elevated. So they did want to keep me observed. One of the things I'll note right here is observation for 
gestational hypertension is that they basically just monitor you and they say if it gets to an alarming rate, we'll do something. Otherwise, you just have to kind of suffer with having high blood pressure. And honestly, that's pretty miserable. So I went to um, my OB for a checkup. And again, had high hypertension. And so we did a bunch of monitoring and my baby was, um, I was really swollen as well, like super swollen, had very much edema. It was a midsummer baby. And so we got to our due date and they decided to schedule an adduction for three days after her due date because I was pretty uncomfortable. And I ended up having uh, contract a couple days before my induction and I went to the hospital and I had never been in a hospital setting before. So that's also important to know is that I've never been hospitalized. So in order to do something that was so, um, needed my body to work on all levels, to be in such an uncomfortable, unfamiliar situation where I didn't know what was next. I'd never been the one in the hospital bed before. Um, it was a lot of stress on my body. So of course, when I got to the hospital, my contractions slowed down. And I stopped kind of progressing because of just all of the stress of just going into that environment. And then, of course, it started all of the traditional medical procedures, right? I started, they decided to break my water. They decided to up Pitocin. And because I had already been in, scheduled for an induction, they just went down these, these um, pathways. Um, and then it got to a point where... I had, I decided to have an epidural because I got scared about having Pitocin because I'd heard how bad it can be for your contractions. So here I am. I decided to get a epidural. Well, another note to note here is that my first epidural didn't actually work. <laughs> and I was telling the people them and they were like, no, you're fine. You're good. And I ended up even having a catheter put in when I wasn't numb. And it was really, that was another just major stressful point in my progression that I, it just kind of halted a lot of things. And emotionally it was not, I wasn't on the right, the right page to be in my own element, having a baby. So they decided to give me a second epidural and finally, it got to a point where I was uh, relaxed enough to be able to um, progress, even though that second epidural didn't actually work either. And a lot of different things happened now looking back that, for example, I was told that I was ready to push when my body wasn't ready to push. Um, I pushed for 45 minutes without like sitting down, um, which was really bizarre now looking back. And the moment that the doctor came in for the very, very first time, she said, oh, your body temperature had risen one degree and that might signal an infection. So we might need to think about a, a C-section. Mind you, she had never even checked my progression, where I was, anything, but basically came in and threatened me with a C-section the moment she saw me. And I told her, well, guess what? My epidural doesn't work. Do I need to get up? Do I need to walk around? What do I need to do to avoid a C-section? Because I am absolutely not having a C-section. And she said, well, let's just let you push for a little bit longer and see how it goes. So in total, I ended up pushing for an hour and 45 minutes and had a healthy baby girl and again, it was okay. Like I didn't know any difference. So I just thought I was happy to have my baby. And, um, so that was my first birth experience. It included, you know, postpartum hives where I had my whole body broke out in hives. 
And it was just kind of a, a really tough situation um, trying to breastfeed after that and just kind of a really big slippery slope from just having a baby in the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Um, were you using essential oils back during that pregnancy and birth? No, I actually was not. They came about when um, my daughter was seven months old. So that daughter was seven months old and she had digestive issues. And that's actually how I even kind of started this, uh, another chain reaction, a catalyst into what actually could be better than what I'm currently doing. Yes. Okay. Awesome. That's a perfect segue to just for this next question. Like, how did you decide that you wanted to have a home birth with your next child? What did that look like? Yeah. So let me just backtrack just a little bit. Uh, one of the things I knew I wanted to do with my first daughter was breastfeed and I didn't come from a breastfeeding family. Again, it was so typical. You give your baby formula. Uh, I was never breastfed. My mom was never breastfed. Like we come from a generational formula users. And for me, that was just kind of a no brainer. Like God bless me with a way to feed my baby. And I wanted to use that. So I decided uh, to breastfeed and then that brought me into a, another situation where I actually met the person who, in, who uh, started me with essential oils and she was a doula. Okay. So that kind of started another opportunity for me to just bring more natural solutions into my br uh, birthing experience. So then fast forward, uh, we've been using essential oils. We got a handle on, um, breastfeeding, right? So two natural, really natural elements to just how I cared for my family in general. So when I got pregnant with my second daughter, I said, you know, the one of the main reasons that people want to be in a hospital is for the epidural. They hear so many stories about how amazing this epidural is. You can have a painless birth and they're really scared about potential things that would happen outside of a hospital when it comes to birthing your baby, right? We hear so many horror stories that if I wasn't in the hospital, my baby would have died when in actuality, they didn't do anything until your baby was in an emergent situation to even take action. So I decided now that I knew more about the more natural ways, and honestly, those natural ways actually work better than the traditional ways that we've been doing things. And I've gotten so many more successes in knowing and doing that the natural option versus what I've always known to be true. So I applied that to my birthing situation as well. I didn't love my first birth. It, I don't feel like there was anything too terribly wrong with it, but I didn't love it. So I said, well, what are my other options? Cause that's the main question I ask myself now when it comes to caring for my family, my health or anything, what's the other options, right? So I decided to go and check out a birth center that was about an hour away from me. And that was kind of like my mid grade be between a hospital and something more natural. When I went into the birthing center, I kind of still got treated like I was at the hospital, right? You got your appointment. It was pretty, you know, cut and dry in and out. And I said, you know, I want this to be amazing. I know that birth can be magical and I don't want to be a, just a, another number on the docket. Okay, great. You know, we have a baby or somebody giving birth in a couple of days, mark it down, get it ready. We're done. Right. I didn't want to be a business, you know? So upon a recommendation of my dear friend, a friend as a doula, she's a natural, um, she has a lot of natural options. She recommended that I 
meet with another lady named, uh, her name's Rachel Cook. So shout out to New Dave Midwifery in Olympia, Washington. I met with her just to experience a different option. And the moment I met her, I felt like her entire spirit was this warm and safe place. And she talked about holding space for your birth, which I feel like is so important because it's really just the energy surrounding your birth. And honestly, can definitely make or break kind of where you are in your mindset and where your body is in its safety in who is surrounding and kind of investing their energy in your birth. I loved her right off the bat. And so I had thought that she contracted with this birth center in reality, she goes, Hey, I actually don't do that anymore. And I only do home births. So you need to let me know if that's your option. Needless to say, my home birth was on accident. I didn't actually plan this entire time to have a home birth. But the moment I met my provider, the moment she explained to me that a home birth is basically bringing a birth center to your home, I decided that I was going to do this. And my husband wasn't even at my appointment. So I actually went home to him and said, okay, dear, what do you think about a home birth? And he's so supportive. He just was like, well, it's up to you and whatever you want to do. So that's kind of how I even got into having a home birth in the first place. And honestly, it was a full body. Yes. It was something that I knew that was going to go well from the moment that I even had my first appointment with my provider, the way she described her theology about a woman birthing, that the focus should be on the woman birthing. There should not be any distractions. Like that space is solely concentrated on the task at hand. And I loved it so much the way she described it that I knew this is exactly where I was supposed to be. I love that so much, um, especially that full body. Yes. I felt the same way when I met my midwife that I ended up ha having as my home birth midwife, where it was like, it was so obvious, <laughs> you know, and, and the describing it in that way, the full body. Yes, is exactly right. Cause it's like, it's not just a mental decision. It's like the whole, the energy of it, everything was saying like, yes, this is what you need to do. <laughs> So that's really cool. And I love too, that your husband was really supportive as well. <laughs> that makes a huge difference in having people supportive. Now, my mother-in-law, on the other hand, she was a bundle of anxiety, but the interesting part was, is at the core of myself, I knew this is where I had meant to be. I knew that epidurals weren't for me. I didn't want to go through that experience. And I had heard that, uh, that, I heard that giving birth in a pool or laboring in a pool was almost just as good. And so I decided that I would take my chance on that because I knew what my alternative was. Did your mind ever have any periods of doubt or did you ever entertain what your mother-in-law, like her anxieties, did you ever really entertain that? Or, and if you did, how did you sort of get through that and reconnect with like, nope, this is right for me? I just know that for me, because I had an experience already that I was able to have so much more gratitude for the process. And so for me, it wasn't actually that I had gone backwards where I had entertained some of those anxieties, some of those stresses. 
for me, it was only confirmation along the way that I had reoccurring confirmation. This is the right move for me. This is correct for me. Let me highlight again. I, again, with this child had gestational preeclampsia. Now here's another highlight of how different it was having a midwife that had more of a natural mindset versus an OB. The OB said, let's just monitor it until it gets to an emergent level. Then we'll take action. My midwife said, here are some supplements. Let's get you going with all of these different supplements. Let's start having you incorporate these things into your, um, into your, you know, daily regimen. And I actually finished out that pregnancy with normal blood pressure levels. Therefore, my experience even being pregnant was so much more elevated. Again, another summer baby. This one was born, you know, at the beginning of September. My other one, my oldest one was born in July, but I had such a better experience simply because the care that I received along the way confirmed exactly what my gut had been telling me as well. So instead of going back and forth with my decision, it was always, I looked at the differences. Well, this is what kind of care I would have had before. Wow. Look at the care I'm getting. I had a full hour appointments with my midwife. I had the ability to have, um, my husband and my other kids with me in my appointments just each moment I realized how much different it was from the other one. So it didn't actually allow me to go back into the stress and anxiety. That is so wonderful. Let's get into the birth story. How did that, how did your birth unfold? Yes. Okay. So it was quite different again. And let me preface this again. My family and I lived in a 400 square foot apartment. So let this be a shout out. If you feel like your home is not a very big place or the right place to give birth to your baby, it's your place, which means that it's the best and most perfect place to give birth to your baby. This is where your baby's going to be living. So this is great. So people laugh when they're like, how did you give birth in a, a one bedroom, 400 square foot apartment? Well, my pool was in my kitchen. <laughs> Okay. So let me back up. Leading up to my birth, my daughter was eight days late. So I actually had a whole week where I didn't think I was going to be pregnant that I found myself to be pregnant. We had done, um, you know, checks like my midwife. I had kind of said, I don't want to you know, be checked. I just want it to come naturally. That's another thing for the home birth the checks. Anyways, so she ended up checking me and I was five centimeters dilated a couple days before I even gave birth. So my midwife was an hour away. So she said, make sure that you let me know the moment anything happens, because we don't want to miss this. Um, you're basically already halfway there. Um, so a couple days later, I actually got woken up to contractions in my sleep. I was sleeping, basically decided this baby's never going to come out. And I'm just going to be pregnant forever. Here we are eight days late after my due date. I woke up to a really intense contraction and I figured it was just a, you know, Braxton Hicks. I got up, used the restroom, went back to sleep. I don't know how long I'd been asleep, but I woke up to another one. So I did the same thing. You get up, you go pee, you go back to sleep. And then I woke up to a third one and I said, okay, this is not stopping. Um, I keep getting woken up by these. Maybe this means something. I'm going to go take a shower and just see what happens. So I ended up going and taking a shower and putting on your little timer for your contractions. And then they came every two minutes. 
contraction, contraction, contraction. So I got out. I let my midwife know. I said, okay, I think it's time. She said, great. Make sure your pool's set up. Let's get going. So my husband didn't believe me when I first told him, I was like, Hey, I think we're going to, I think I'm starting labor. I'm going to get in the shower. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Husbands are. And then finally I was like, okay, this is serious. Then we need to get ready. So we ended up getting ready. Um, but the best part about it was I just simply walked around my house and, and lightly tidied up. I didn't have to go get in the car. I didn't have to, you know, wonder, okay, is it time to go to the hospital? How far am I? I don't really know. I just got to, to walk around my house and breathe through the contractions and just know that like, I didn't have to worry or run anywhere. Everyone was coming to me, right? So we got our dog taken care of. My daughter went to my in-laws and it was just um, me, my husband. I had a doula come. I had a midwife and an assistant and then a birth photographer. And I decided to wait to get into the pool until everyone got there because I knew that sometimes once you get into the water, you could go really fast. Um, so I ended up kind of just laboring by my, you know, outside the pool and then once everyone got there, I decided to get in the pool. And I tell you what, the difference between, you know, getting your IV, having the nurses come in asking you, oh, do you need an epidural now? How's your pain level now? Where are you at now? All of these questions, right? So much chaos in a hospital room. Um, at this point, it was probably about like eight o'clock in the morning. The sun had come up. You know, we had some really light music. I was in the pool. Um, my midwife was gently pouring a pitcher of water over my back. It was honestly just one of the most beautiful moments of my life because we had, I had some beautiful, my husband had hung up uh, little Christmas string lights that said love and family. Like he had made them in shapes. I had some birth affirmations. I had music, a fan. It was just gorgeous. And I actually was at a dilated to a nine centimeter in my pool, eating a popsicle with almost no pain. But I attribute that to one, how the water really kind of takes the pressure off. But two, I was in such a relaxed state that there was no tension, right? The tension is what sends signals to your body that you're in pain. But because my body knew, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. Just take it wave by wave. Then the pain was so minimal compared to what I had experienced to a point that my midwife actually even said, well, let's get you out. Um, I don't know if you are progressing, let's check you. And that's when we realized I was at a nine and she was really shocked because my body wasn't responding as if I was in transition. My body was just really chilled. Like I was super relaxed to the max. So we decided on a position change. Cause I was sitting kind of just like in a pool, like you would kind of, you know, cooling off or relaxing to more of a, on my knees. And my husband had forgotten to finish blowing up the pool. So the sides weren't very sturdy. So he actually sat outside of my pool on a birthing ball and I kind of leaned onto his legs and then I got to a point where my water had broke and I had told my midwife, I felt like, I feel like I needed to push. So each wave, um, 
I was able to push, but it was so different than a hospital not being on your back. But then also I was felt every sensation in my body and I could know when I was pushing correctly versus in the hospital where you have no idea what you're doing with an epidural because you can't feel your body. And at one point I had been so relaxed in between each contraction that I started snoring. And my husband looked at the midwife in an alarmed fashion and he was like, is she okay? And my midwife said, yes, she's just so relaxed and she's gathering up the last little bit of strength that she needs to push out her baby. So I got a quick snooze in, in the middle of pushing, but again, it just attributed to the safety of my environment and the familiarity of my environment and the comfort of my environment compared to the uncomfortable un, you know, what you don't expect or just kind of trying to figure out what's happening in a hospital room. And so then my sweet little baby was born, but she did have her cord wrapped around her neck and my midwives were so thorough. They simply had me push one more time, even though it was out of my contraction, she, and they flipped her around and got it all untangled to a point where I didn't even know. And here comes my favorite part. I didn't actually know what I was having. So once they handed her to me, I, I covered up her body, like her butt and everything. Cause I didn't want anyone to know until I was ready to look. And I got to just relax there for a minute. And then we got to find out we were, we had a baby girl and she didn't actually, um, she kind of had gotten a little bit of trauma in her head coming out because I think she was hooked on my hip, which is why she probably was a few days late. But again, instead of this rush around this emergent thing, my, my midwife said, well, why don't we just get you out of the pool? Let's get everything um, assessed and we can get her assessed. So they were able to hand her right to my husband with skin to skin contact while I got out. Uh, one of the best things about having a home birth as well is that you can still have the things that you need. For example, I wasn't able to push out my placenta on my own. So they were able to give me a really minimal amount of Pitocin just to get that going. So you're not without the comforts of what you need to help your body do what it needs to do. It's just at your home. So Again, my baby wasn't quite regulating her breathing and her temperature very well right away. So they decided to hand her to me again, just so that I was able to relax a little more. She was able to relax a little more. And again, extremely calm, extremely, you know, let's just do this instead of any sort of anxiety or emergency energy. And she decided to latch. And the moment she latched, my, my body returned to a relaxed state, her body returned to a relaxed state. And about, um, probably like 30 minutes later, we were all cleaned up. The midwives took care of everything. They cleaned up everything. My husband and you know, help them. We had delicious sandwiches right in my bed. I didn't leave my bed after that point. I got to relax. I got to nurse. I got fed sandwiches. And my husband even went to work probably a couple hours later to, he only does a couple of like small things where he just needs to go check in to, uh, the office. So he went to check in the office and was like, Hey, we had a baby this morning. No big deal. You know? And, um, it was really great. Cause we got to go to sleep in our own bed, like three hours later and just bliss. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. <laughs> it brings me back to my mind and it just that, that feeling, that relaxed, calm, not having to leave your bed, <laughs> just all of it. It's just amazing. So what time 
was she born? It was in the morning? Yep. So we, I went into labor, um, probably about four forty-five or five o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning. Um, maybe between, between four thirty, five thirty, six, And, um, she was born at 10 AM on the dot. Wow. Yeah. So it went pretty quick. Yeah. Very nice. And very calm and relaxed the whole time. I remember I kept looking at my midwife and being like, this is so much better than a hospital. This is so awesome. This is so much better than a hospital. That's what I kept telling her because I just was able to take in every moment and how I think actually for me, it elevated my, my experience as a home birth simply because I had already an experience to gauge the elevated experience from, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how was your postpartum period after your home birth? So this is kind of where it does get rocky. And I will say this as just a word of advice to anybody who does have a home birth. One of the things is, is sometimes after you have your home birth, you feel so much better than you did in the hospital that you think you can do more than what you actually should be doing. If I were to change one thing about my home birth, it would be that I took more time to recover, but because I was feeling so good, I I thought I should do more than I really should have done. Um, again, we had a two-year-old daughter at the time. So I really would have probably stayed in bed more, but because again, I just felt so good afterwards. And I think it did slow my recovery just a little bit more. I did uh, experience just a little bit of setbacks in, you know, just the recovery. Yeah. So I think it was, the recovery was awesome because my midwife actually came to me for the 24 hour and the 72 hour or how often they come check up on you that she actually came to my house until it was the six week appointment. So that was really awesome that I still didn't have to go do much. But again, that's would be my word of caution is you feel so good after a home birth that you might take on more than you planned. Well, Amber, thank you so much for sharing your birth stories today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? And it's fine if you don't. Honestly, I, I would love to share if you have not seen the business of giving birth, hands down, that experience was my first birth. And my second experience was so much better and so much more blissful than I ever could have even, if I were to personally plan my home birth, I don't think I could have planned it in the way that I had it. Um, so just know that there's always another option. If something in your gut and something in your spirit, even what your community is telling you, Hey, this is what you should do. And you're not like, Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I'm going to do. If you're like, I just don't know, or I don't really feel, you know, there's something unsettled about what you're doing. It never hurts to say, well, what are my other options? What's the other option? What's the, what's something else I can try instead. And then you can make your decision, but definitely just don't take the first thing that comes your way. I love that. And I will link to the business of being born in the show notes because it is absolutely like a must see documentary (laughs) if you're planning a home birth or considering a home birth. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Amber, for joining us today. 
Thank you, Megan, so much for having me. I've absolutely loved sharing our birth stories together, getting to connect with you and sharing this awesome experience with your followers. That's our show. And I want to thank you for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Don't forget to grab your free fear-releasing journal prompts from the link in the show notes. Thank you to everyone that helps make this show happen. The theme song was written and recorded by Jody Good. I'm your host and producer, Megan R. Cooper. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay fearless.